on what's it called spirituality and whatnot there's like there's just so much do you understand in the world like this would i believe in crystals stones gems you know because religion and spirituality is full of superstition you know um like you said something about oh that must be a sign that's how people have different signs for everything you know ah they say okay if you're eating food in your dream it's a problem devils are feeding you in your dream and you're eating oh you find yourself um doing things in, in your dream there's this like people have all sorts of superstition but the thing is there is natural occurrence right there are things that happen naturally right that just happen to happen but um any situation can be taken advantage of it's like how you you could just be a very angry person doesn't mean the spirit of anger is inside of you but then by continuously yielding yourself to anger over time devils will help you so now you want to stop being an angry person but uh, you feel like there's another thing just moving you to be angry you know <clears throat> so um there's no other way i think one of the pluses of evangelism and the way you guys are doing it is you just get to hear people out hear what people are going through you know and related their situation i was talking with Brittany, and part of the reason she's not even too too into it in this final part is just because of she's talked about effectiveness and a bunch of things about it and it's very well understood the only thing is there are still people that have given their lives to christ through this evangelism that you're doing you know importantly <clears throat> You may not be able to win every argument, you know, especially with, uh, what do you call them? Muslims and whatnot, because them people, yeah, even if you showed them every single reason why their Quran was wrong and why, like, they believe the Quran was written by God and given to Muhammad. But Muhammad, it took Muhammad time to write it. So, like, mm -hmm. it took, was it 10 years or even 40 years to write the Quran? Like, and a lot of the beliefs stories and stuff are just from the bible with arabic names so there's nothing so special the advantage that christianity has is that it's not left at a history book it has value today whether it's in relation to history of the world as to how things have come or even the future of this world like things like covid uh <clears throat> the rapture the coming of jesus christ when it's going to happen the things that would happen there in the bible and then aside that there's things that jesus said look i'm not going to be on this earth to prove them so you my followers are going to be the ones to to do it if we prove that this bible the things inside are not just for inside we will save them because it can be proven they don't have proof they have mental things that they've created this exists this exists substance you say muhammad for example they, if you ask the miracles of muhammad they'll tell you he can he picked the moon he saw the moon he showed up with the moon and he grabbed it like this from the sky 
<laughs> and he puts it like this and showed them and threw it back. <clears throat> How crazy. Can any of his followers please do it for <laughs> us <laughs> so that we can know now <laughs> that uh, it was possible. They say he spoke to a tree and moved the tree from here to here. Can any of his followers please do it? Because what good is it if it's just like, you might as well call Muhammad God if it's just a thing that only he can do. Do you understand? So, there are a lot of things that they've been told, but it can't be proven today that happened. There's no video of it even happening. But with Jesus, he said, I fill people with the Holy Spirit. His followers can also fill people with the Holy Spirit. He healed the sick. His followers healed the sick. He cast out devils. His followers can cast out devils. Like, he made sure that everything that he could do and did, we would be able to do. And he said we would even do greater stuff. So the advantage that Christianity has over every other religion is one, an actual relationship in that you can pray to God and hear God back in real time. Two, we have proofs using things like gifts of the Holy Spirit, like she's very shocked at prophecy. Prophecy is one thing that works in, in this uh, even if you took a guess, you would need to learn about prophecy to know so that you can take advantage of it. It's like you could have an ability to do something, but because you're not, you're not what's it called, uh, known that it's a thing, you would never treat it like one and grow the gift in. You understand? It's, like, it's all guessing until you keep guessing right every time. <clears throat> okay? So that's why there's a lot, you know, to, to cover. So we have that. See, we have a real relationship with God where you can hear God in prayer. We have the gifts of the Holy Spirit and doing what Jesus could do. And then three, obviously, our character. Just as people being loving and all that. The reason I emphasize the supernatural so much is because, and why we're having miracles are more so quickly. Being punctual to class will not win souls. There's an Asian guy that does it better than you. Being smart in your lecture hall is not going to win souls. Because there's somebody that's still studying way harder than you and is almost at your level and they're very much atheist. It must mean that we need something beyond the ordinary, which is what God is all about anyway, to prove it. I'm conscious that Miracles and More has not happened before. We've touched a bit of the supernatural as TTM, but there's way more. These are, in every person's life, they are beginner miracles. For Jay now, this is like the big thing. Getting somebody filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, um, and stuff like that. Soon enough, it will become, this is something you can ease, you are almost able to do. You move up in miracles, gifting, and grace. Do you understand? So, we're starting a movement and stuff. And why leaders upgrade? So, if you have your notes, this will be a good time to begin. Okay. Why are we doing Leaders Upgrade? Why are we having a meeting like this? We're having this really because I understand that I cannot demand from you what I have not invested. It's wickedness to expect you to do something that you've not been taught to do or told about. It's an unnatural expectation. Sunday services are not enough. Wednesday services are not enough. 
sometimes the message the message is generic just speaking on all of christian but there is something for ministers there's something for people that are leaders to take advantage of you deal with harder material you see so the idea is to invest time in ourselves both of the word of prayer and then you will see the corresponding result right i'm a person of many messages many like my exposure is very wide i read very wide i listen very wide i see very wide if a regular member is getting just sunday service and one motivational message in the week and then wednesday service i'm getting like 15 20 times more from different things that is what builds you and the extent to which you chase god reflected in your work in getting to know him is what determines how he would use you how much he can use you is that making sense if you want to distinguish yourself as a doctor as a lawyer you know in business in whatever you want to do you're going to have to chase more go for more do you understand than what the rest are doing and that's the idea of leaders upgrade okay so that's why we're doing this for the next four weeks and the message is always very simple but i want you to use it be be conscious to use it i like that you went out for evangelism you know you tried this new way of saying look out on evangelism and you explain what evangelism is i know you wanted to like revisit the strategy and everything and that's why this is in the leader circle this is where we talk all of that you understand revisit the strategy how else can we do it like genuinely talk always be free that's one thing i know sometimes it gets tough i could seem very stern you know almost step on people's like feet you know stuff but always speak up do you understand try speak up and you know let's work out together i'm learning just as much as you're learning you understand so let's rock that okay um but before we talk a bit about evangelism and all of that strategy and whatnot i want to just share a little thing with you okay ttm full name okay what does ttm mean to you jay jay is head of evangelism expanse you're a student you're in school you're about your stuff what does ttm mean to you when you think about it on a regular day what is it to you spirit-led fellowship spirit-led fellowship what is it to you okay what does it mean to you sir Well, um, my pathway towards um, getting closer with God and um, understanding the kingdom of prayer and stuff like that. Okay. It's good because it's not really what a person tells you a thing is that makes you move forward. It's what you interpret it to be. That is what motivates you. That's what determines how you serve. It's not what I tell you, guys, this is like this, this is like this, that really doesn't matter. It's how you see it, right? And that's how you would use it. You see, that's important. And take this for anything you're doing. If you're teaching other people, if you're helping other people, it's the same thing. They don't see what you're telling them. They really just see how they interpret the stuff. All right? So one thing that's spelled out in our name there is mission. 
Mission Field, also known as Serious Business. Serious Business. The end time mission. It's not Joyous House. I'm not dissing anything. Like, it's not... Uh, Joyous House is a place of joy. They could do a lot of stuff. But my point is, when you see it, it's kind of like, damn, this is some kind of focused group, you know, on something. And that's why you talked about the end time. The point is, we don't really have too, 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 too long in the world. If you think that we're going to live another possibly 70 years or 50 years, I don't know. If you just look at biblical prophecy, look at the way things are happening in the world, the plans people have in line with when the Antichrist is coming and stuff, and how we're meant to even not be on this earth when the Antichrist is here because we're meant to have been raptured by then. When you look at all that, you can just tell that the world doesn't really have that much. And it's concerning because... Just when you've seen those big crusades, how many of you have seen those big crusades where the stadium is filled to capacity? Like, just, you have so much. Think of Maverick City worship or any of those, you know, the, like you just see loads of people. You almost think that the world is saved because of how many people you're seeing. Yet you go on evangelism and you still find a bunch of people that are arguing with you about Ramadan and about this one and Lent and that one. Think about it. I'm just trying to say there's a lot of people in the world. It's established. There's a whole lot of people. Okay? So one thing you find about mission is serious business. It kind of means that you are soldiers. Being a soldier is not always easy. In fact, it's like it's built for the worst. Who knows David Goggins? Or Goggins, Goggins. Do you know after now, just go and Google him. Go and see any motivation by David Goggins. He was the only person, he's the only person in the world that has actually successfully gone through US Marine training. Something like that. A particular training thing. They have limited hours of sleep and they have to go into the water and they have to just get through the mud. It's some kind of <clears throat> mad thing, yeah. That so many people want to quit, they feel like they're going to die. He completed it and whatnot. Greatest motivation. But if you see his size before he started taking all that seriously, like he was just a depressed guy that was fat. And whatnot. But one of the things that he said was that he saw where he was depressed because of abuse and different things, and he was just, you know, obese and everything. But one thing he said was that he had to build a mindset that was stronger than the things he was going through. He needed that kind of mind. And that's why one of the things he always says is stay hard, stay hard, like stay tough, stay, you know, like that. So one thing is that. Despite how tough it gets, difficult situations build resolve. They build character and they force greatness out of you. So, I'll take it again. Difficult times, difficult situations, they build resolve. You're a resolved person about what you want to do. They build character and they force greatness out of you. So, no matter how hard it gets... I encourage you to refuse to quit, to keep pushing, and surely you will see greater and greater success. Amen. Amen. So, this week is the first of our four, and I'm going to be ministering from John 15, but the subject is on fruit-bearing. Fruit bearing. 
the next week I'll be talking about the good steward the third week I'll be sharing some things about giving and the fourth week I'll be sharing about a faithful servant or the faithful servant so this fruit bearing next the good steward third giving fourth a faithful servant so before we get into this I would say a word of prayer father thank you for the entire mission thank you for everyone represented here thank you because leaders are the pillars of any organization and these ones are going to be strong of a good courage thank you because you trust us you trust us to do well to succeed to win souls to the kingdom that just as we bear fruit on earth with successful careers and different things that we're doing lord would bear fruit worthy of something in heaven of eternal value that's why we're doing what we're doing that's why we're focused the way we are that's why we're pushing ourselves the way we are thank you for your grace and your ability within us we would use it to the glory of your name in jesus name amen, amen. so turn to colossians chapter one let's hop there colossians chapter one now i'm going to be reading to you from verse one and i want you to notice what happens through this you're going to learn i'm going to be as raw as possible you're going to learn how to study the bible what to look out for you recognize these verses later on um i remember i spoke about acts and then was reading acts at some point uh, maybe she's on the plan for acts maybe i don't know but she was she was on that and she saw a few scriptures so just the more you see them the more you get acquainted so from one it says paul an apostle of jesus christ an apostle is a commissioned one an apostle is one with a message apostle is not just a title a title is meant to represent something so an apostle is a commissioned person see they've been given a message to herald a message okay so when you see apostle prophets teachers pastors teachers it's not just nothing the pastor is the head of a fold it's an agricultural kind of term the head of a sheepfold a teacher is one who expounds on the word a prophet is the mouthpiece of god okay he speaks under the inspiration of the holy spirit and tells he could be talking about he'll be giving enlightenment about the past present future okay he could foretell the future and he can foretell the future meaning decide what the future would be but now paul in an apostolic office is saying paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god chosen by god and timothy our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in christ who are in Colossae. he's writing to the church in Colossae. <clears throat> he says grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ look at that authority comes in says grace to you grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ verse 3 we give thanks to god to the god and father of our lord jesus christ praying he says we give thanks praying 
We're not giving thanks, just doing nothing. We give thanks, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. When we heard that you believed in Christ Jesus and that and of your love for the saints, for fellow brethren, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Says there's a hope for you, brethren, in Colossae, in heaven. And we've been giving thanks for you. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it has also in all the world. He says this gospel has come to you as it has also spread around all the world. And this gospel, he says, is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. So he says grace to you. He says opening address to these people at Colossae. He says we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and we've been thanking God for you. Thanking God that you have believed in Christ Jesus and that the love of God is flourishing in your hearts such that you love other saints as well. He says that that gospel came to you and it has been bearing fruit. One thing when the word of God comes to you is that God expects something back. The word of God is seed. It's sowed to your heart. Like now I'm sowing the word to your mind. I'm sowing it to your heart. I'm sowing it to your spirit. Now there's an expectation. That's why we're dealing on fruit bearing. He says that this word has been bearing fruit continually. Let me read this same verse in the NLT. And that is verse 6, all right, in the NLT. Let's get that. He says, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the first day you heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. So, I want you to see that the word bears fruit. It has value. Go to John chapter 15, and this is the predominant uh, chapter that I'll be using to expound on this. Jesus is teaching several things to the disciples, and I want you to note the things that he's passing across. Maybe, Sam, you can read for me 1 to 4. Annette would read 5 to 8. And Jay would read 9 to 12. You guys can do New King James Version. Yeah. Okay. You got yours, right? Yeah. Have you got yours? Have everybody got theirs? 9 to... Did I give you 9 to 12? No. Okay. Go ahead. I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that he may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, oh, well, I'm reading King James Version, then have the new Okay. So have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And then it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Or one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard, that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. And the last thing says, these things I command you that you love one another. And he starts something else. What did you notice there? What did you notice? That we cannot, what's it called? What stood out to you? Any verse that stood out to you? Any verse that stood out to me. Um, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Okay. Was all stood out to you as well? Yeah. You know, yeah. See, yeah, honestly, ah. I, I that's, that's, I, I that's that one, isn't it? That's interesting, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's good, it's good. Those are foundationals for answered prayer, okay. Finally, you said, What if you abide in me and my words mm -hmm. abide in you, you would ask what you will, and it will be done for you. Mm -hmm. Important, you know, Jesus' teachings are very, very simple, and I want you to notice that with scripture, there's formula. He says, this, this, this. If you do this, this is what will happen. If you do this, this is what will happen. This is where the assurance comes from. You understand? This is where the assurance comes from. It's not from our heads. You walk up to many people and they say, oh, I, but I prayed to God about this. I prayed to... There are rules for prayer. Prayer is not just prayer. Prayer is not just... You know some people say, be free with God. Is your father. Just say anything. Don't just say anything. You could be talking very ignorantly. <laughs> you could be talking very ignorantly. A lot of times people are telling people, God, things are not actually true. God, you said you will heal us when we are sick. No, he didn't. He didn't actually say that. That's not the word to the Christian. There are different dispensations in the Bible. There is the Old Testament. In fact, there is life under the law of Moses. Those things and blessings apply to them under that time. The blessings for a Christian are different. Imagine requiring something from a different era. God is saying, wake up and get with the program. You can't update your system. <laughs> You're still in iPhone what? You see? So, he says, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser, meaning the person that keeps the vine, that prunes it, that takes care of it. Okay? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I want you to see that this is the Father's character. 
He says, if you're unproductive, I'm going to snip you. <clears throat> he doesn't have time for people that don't produce fruit. Fruit is a must. <laughs> Do you understand? Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And everyone that does bear fruit, what does he do to it? He prunes it. For what? That it may bear more fruit. He says, you are clean. It's actually the same word. You are clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. He says, there's a pruning, there's actually a cleaning that can happen through the word of God. Meaning that if you're continually receiving the word of God, you're continually being cleaned or pruned, corrected, helped. And if you're continually being cleaned, helped, corrected, what's meant to happen? You're meant to continually what? Bear more fruit. So, if you notice, maybe you're not as productive, something is happening, maybe you need to start getting more of the word into you. The word helps you manage yourself. Literally, it's like an auto-manager. He says, abide in me, and I in you. How do you abide in him? You already live in him. When you said the prayer of salvation, the Holy Ghost baptized you into Christ. So now you are in him. And how is he in you? In the person of who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you is Jesus in you. The Holy Spirit in you is God in you. So he says, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Can you have just a branch? No tree, no real stem, nothing. And it's just bringing fruit. Where's what's it attached to? Get a tree and bring the 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 whole tree, you know, the main part, the vine, out of it. What will happen to those branches? Just do it, delete. The branches fall. Hmm? So he says, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He's saying that your productivity is from me. It is why, as a Christian, you actually cannot make progress without God. When you're a true Christian, you can't make progress without God. That's why you notice, if you've not read your Bible in a while, if you've not prayed in a while, your heart just, you know, there's problems, problems, problems. You just know that something is wrong. I didn't say try it. I'm not going to tell you to try it, that you should just, you know, you want to test whether it's real. But you just notice. For example, that's why you hear things like, oh, I want to get closer to God. I want to come back to God. Uh, me and my relationship with God right now is on. Because they know that there's an attachment that's missing. And Jesus says, it's this attachment between the branch and the vine. He says, except you are attached to me, except you really abide in me, you can't bear any fruit. It'll be impossible. Your life will be a wreck. So he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He says, the one that abides in me and me in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He says, you can't do anything. And he says, if anyone does not abide in me, if anyone is not in Christ, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. What do you think he's talking about? Yeah. Hell. As simple as that. See? So he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. This is very interesting because this is not prayer. 
Prayer is speaking to God about the situation. Hmm? But this is a different level. This is like what God does. He says, if He says, abide in me. If my if I abide, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. It actually means you would say what you require in any circumstance. That is, you make a request and it shall be done for you. He didn't say, of oh, my father. It would just happen. The word done for you is ginomai. It literally means it will come into being for you. What we have in Genesis, for example, where it says the Spirit of the Lord was moved upon the face of the waters. The Bible says that he was rakaf upon the face of the waters. What it actually means is that he was contemplating something. The Spirit of God, how this earth was formed, he was contemplating this thing. And when he had reached that point, he said, light be, and it became. This is the creative process. Now he says, if my words are in you, let it dwell in you richly enough. And you are in me. He says, you can ask for whatever and it would happen. I remember meditating on this verse one time. I was on a trip from here to, I'm trying to remember where I was traveling to, but I got on a coach and I was meditating on this Northampton. I was meditating on this, meditating on this. I thought to myself, really? That because I'm in Christ and his words are in me, I can ask for whatever. And I combined it with something he said in John chapter 14. Just go back one chapter. With and verse. Yes, verse 12 to 14. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, most assuredly, Jesus is almost swearing here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And he says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Then he said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So I was contemplating that. I was like, really? Really, Jesus, I can ask for anything in your name, and you will do it. No, no, no. I needed to meditate. Paul told Timothy, meditate upon this thing. Give yourself to it so that your profiting will appear to all. He says something is happening when you're meditating. So I started to focus. I can ask for anything. So I was coming back from Northampton, going on the coach, right, to Birmingham. And then I was about to take a bus back home. Then I met a boy who was on the street. He was with some homeless people. And I was wondering why a young guy like this, he looked like somebody that was proper, you know, meant to just be standing. Not, he, he didn't look like he had been homeless for very long. Got to talk with him. Said his mother kicked him out of the house because um, she caught him, uh, I think with cocaine, something like that. You know, trying to sniff and, and whatnot. And immediately I said, this life is not for you. So I said, I'm going to pray for you. And whether your mother accepts you back into that house or not, is not the case, but I'm saying don't accept this homelessness because that's how it starts. Mm. He was just 11, but this boy had always been, you know, the naughty one in school. So didn't even school properly. 
I had a copy of Rhapsody of Realities with me and I wanted to give it to him. Because I know that book has taken people off the streets, has helped them. People have had testimonies of prosperity through investing the word of God in themselves like that. So I asked him, can you read? And he said, no. I said, how come? He's 11. But I said, how come? He said, you know, quite didn't go to school. Was too, you know, rebellious and whatnot. So he's always been like that. I said, okay, I'm going to pray for you. And you're going to be able to read today. Remember, I was trying to put something I had just learned in the world to work. So I got the book and all that was in my mind. He said, if you abide in me and my words are in you, you would ask what you will, whatever you require. Was there any limit to what he said in John 4? Mm. He said, anything. So I placed my hand on his head. I said, you're going to read today. And I said, in Jesus' name, receive the ability to read. Literally. That's all I said. I was testing the scripture. And I got the rhapsody and I put it in front of him. And I said, read. The title of the article that I gave him to read was Children of the Word. He looked at it and looked at it and stuttered the words. He said, chill, 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 and you know, dren, like that, of the word. And read it. And I said, keep reading. Like that. He got more and more confident and continued reading. Then I went to the prayer of salvation at the back and I said, you're going to read that prayer of salvation yourself and confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He did that. And I was just as much excited as he was. Because in my mind, I'm like, can we really ask for anything? Like, is that how, is that, is that how this scripture works? Because I told you, all the while we were in the coach, I was just thinking about this. I can ask for anything. 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 I just kept thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. So what was my business that he had not, you know, finished school? And it, that was not what was in my head. And he said, if you ask anything in my name, if you require anything, as long as you say it in my name, he said, I'll do it. He said, nothing shall be impossible. So I put it to work. And I found it to be true. I found it to be true. So I, I never forget this testimony whenever I read that verse. So he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. He says, by this, my father is glorified. So it's more than just singing, Lord, be glorified in my life. It's more than just saying, God, I want to glorify you all the days of my life. You know, if, if you ever asked me, what, what do I want? I'll tell you that I just want everything about my life to glorify God. Let's let everything praise him. But he said something. He said, by this my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. He said, so shall you be my disciples. On two grounds. He said, you can't be a follower of mine if you're not bearing fruit. If you're unproductive, he says, you're not my disciple. And then he says, my father is glorified when you bear not just fruit, but much fruit. He says, my father is an investor. You have to bear much fruit. He says, this is where the glory comes from. Not telling him, God be glorified. Not, but actually bearing fruits unto him. He's proud when I'm productive. Right? And we can talk about fruits of righteousness, you understand? There are fruits of righteousness. For example, you got born again. And when you got born again, the nature of righteousness was imparted to your spirit. And I've told you that righteousness is the nature of God. When you say God is righteous, it is his nature. It is the perfection of God. 
it has its own kind of moral system. See? And he's going to judge the world by his righteousness. By his standard. It's why it doesn't matter whether you see, you know, somebody once told me something. I was preaching to him and he said, that is sin in your world. In my world. Like we don't all live on earth. But, you know, in your world it is sin. In my world it's not a sin. I'm like, I'm telling you something according to God's righteousness. And he is the judge of us all. He will judge the living and the dead according to his righteousness, according to his standard. So it's important that he drops whatever standard he has created for himself and sees, hey, what does God see? If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. The world is his. You're his creation. If you tell the dog that you owe, don't go here, and the dog goes there, you leave it. No dogs pass this point. So it's his righteousness, his standard. So he says, by this my father is glorified. Jesus is telling us what glorifies God when you bear fruit. From verse 9, as the father has loved me, I have loved you. He says, stay in my love. Stay in my love. He tells us how. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. He's saying, do what God wants. Do what I want. And you'll stay in my love, in my affection. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He says a sacrificial kind of love. Love as I have loved you. And he says, how do I know it's a sacrificial kind of love? He says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So this is a kind of love that can forsake itself for the good of another. He says, there's no greater expression of love than to lay down your opportunity to live for another to live. Forsaking your life for another. He says, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. He's just a slave, he's just a servant. But I've called you what? Friends. You're a friend of God. Jesus is your friend. That's what he's saying. Remember, he was a real man that existed. You have to be conscious of that because sometimes when we read the Bible, we think it's a story. He existed. Science agrees. History agrees. He lived on this earth. This is just somebody who noted the things he said. That's what John did. He noted the things he said. Okay? He said, I call you friends now. Okay? For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. So you are my friends. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. I want you to see it. This is the subject area. You didn't choose me. Jesus didn't look to us and say, okay, so when I die and I finish my sacrifice, you believe me, right? After. He was not waiting on us to actually say that we would trust and believe in him first. He died for all men. He chose all. It's about them responding to his choice of them. He says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. That you should what? He says, and appointed you. That is ordained you. It is written in your program. That what? You should go. And bear fruit. 
And not just any kind of fruit, not just one, two, or three. He says, but that your, your fruit should remain. This is something plentiful, an abundance that remains. You understand? Your fruit should remain. And he says that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This is one of the, you know, there, there are certain things that govern answered prayer that people don't know about. For example, you guys identified one. What was it? You abiding in him, his words in you, and then you ask what you will and it shall be done. This is another one. You didn't choose me, I chose you. And appointed that you go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask the Father, he may give you. Meaning that if your fruit does not remain, first, if you have no fruit, or you have fruit and your fruit does not remain, he says, you can't ask the Father for whatsoever and he'll do it. Jesus said it. I appointed you to go and bear fruit and that it should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. God doesn't just give to people that don't earn. Are you seeing that? It's important. And so, this is why I'm saying, as a leader, you need to have an understanding of fruit bearing. That it is in your program to bear fruit. That you are meant to. That you have no choice but to bear fruit. That he's expecting something from you. I should be able to say, hey, Sammy, I want you to um, get this person for this. Find this person for this. And remember, you are ordained to bear fruit. So meaning that there's a provision for you to get that thing. There is nothing he would require from you that he did not already equip you to get. He said all things are yours. You have to have that mentality. You have access to all things. That's one of the things the Spirit of God gives you. Access. Access to wisdom. I know that I'm well beyond my age. I know that I'm well beyond my exposure. And the reason is because I learned that the Holy Spirit has access. So in my mind, there is nothing I cannot know. There's nothing I cannot understand. It's not about I'm special. It's the Holy Ghost inside. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. God will be to you what you have imagined him to be, what you have taken him to be. He said, I am what I am. I am that I am. Meaning, I will be what I will be, to whom I will be. If you take him to be the healer, he will be the healer. If you've not understood him to be the provider, he will not be, you will not find him manifesting as the provider, even though he has the capacity of a provider. Do you understand? It's all dependent on your level of revelation. So I made my life's quest. Lord, I want to know you so that I can take full advantage of who you are. If you can be my wisdom, then I will be wise. It is not subject to my IQ. It's not subject to any human requirement. Once you receive the Holy Spirit, things change. And it is your understanding of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus only knew he was the healer, when Lazarus died, he would have stopped there. But he knew something about God. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you understand? So it never stopped. And I found many people that, um, and I've noticed this amongst Christians. See, this is leadership space, so I can say certain things. I find for many people, once it goes beyond the sickness, once the person dies, I do, I've noticed faith quenches there. As though Jesus never told us of a resurrection. Never forget, Jesus allowed Lazarus to die. Are you aware? 
They called him. Jesus didn't go. He went at three days and went on the fourth. And it was for, for a reason. He went on the fourth. He said, I love Lazarus so much, I'm going to wait. That's what he said. Came on the fourth. And he said, I thank God that I was not here. So that now that I'm here, you people will believe me. Why? Because if they saw Lazarus resurrect after four days, if he now says that he's only going to be gone three days, they can believe. Do you understand? Yeah. He died and spent how many days in hell? Three. It was three days on earth that were measured. And he resurrected. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Jesus did a lot of things significantly so that we would remember. But somehow, they never remembered the things that he did. He multiplied bread, got on a boat, and said, be careful of the leaving of the Pharisees. And then they started saying, oh, maybe it's because we didn't bring bread into the boat. And Jesus was like, did you not see that I just multiplied bread? Bread is not my problem. I'm telling you about something else. Do you understand? He did a lot of significant things. So as a leader, understand fruit bearing. Understand that you are ordained to bear fruit. You can be productive. There is supply for you. If I say, Jay, I want you to help me do such and such and such, it's because I know that in you is the capacity to do it. Do you understand? All it takes is consulting the Holy Spirit. You may feel inadequate at that time when the task is given. But go, get into the scriptures. Be filled with the word. Then be filled with the spirit. Then go out and bring results. How do I understand that? Make sense? Yeah. Good, good, good. So that's really about fruit bearing. And I guess I'll use that last part that says, your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask the Father. When we pray, one of the first fruits and important fruits of prayer is power. Is power. And everything in the kingdom works by power. If I told Sammy from there to come pick up this remote, what does he have to do to pick this remote? Yeah? What does he have to do? What does he have to do? Yeah, to get this remote. So, ah, good. He has to get up and what? And get the remote. So he has to stretch and what? What do you think he's exerting to do all of that? Energy. Energy. Great. Power. Everything works by power. To get up from your bed requires power. To make food requires power. Different things require different kinds of energy. There are certain things you can do even as tired as you are. There are some things you say, please, let me sleep. Yeah. Wake up <laughs> and look at you with clear mind before <laughs> I do this one. You don't want to write an exam when you are so, 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 so tired. Yeah. See? The same thing with the kingdom. Certain results require certain investments. You understand? So, based on what you want to do, the fruit of prayer being what? Power. You get Sometimes people are making a request, but there is actually no power to get it. That's why they haven't gotten it. God is like that. It's just here. They've asked for it. It's just here. Now, what they need is the power to retrieve it. You know, for, for example, some people uh, need the restoration of years or, or, you know, some kind of... They don't have the ability to get it. They go to somebody who has the ability. He prays for them. And then by the unction of the Holy Spirit on him, that thing comes to them. I'm just trying to show you. It's called... Uh, pneumatica these are the spirituals that pneumatica means pneuma is the Greek word spirit pneumatica is spirituals so what I'm showing you now is what happens in the spirit realm 
But all the natural people see is that somebody was prayed for. Do you understand? For example, when there is a dead body or a sick body or a dead body, the Bible says that if the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead gets into a body, he will resurrect that body. So when we pray for the dead, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that actually gets into them. The natural people only see that, ah, this one just touched this person and all of a sudden the person was up. But in the spiritual, there was actually a transfer of life. Because you are a life-giving spirit. You actually have life. And that's the one thing that science is trying to do. Be able to create life in robots and different things. They want to try and, you know, recreate. Don't be able to create a being, create a thing. But only God has life. He has given to the Son to have life in Himself. And by the Son, whom you are baptized into, you have life in yourself. That's how come you are also able to give life. This is like theory. With miracles and more, we see what? Practical. Then, soon enough, it will be, Jay, please, miracles and more in Leicester City, please. You understand? She goes, then another thing is set up there. Do you understand? This is what we must do to win the world. They need to realize that God is the answer. That Jesus is the solution to all their problems. You understand? So that's all on fruit bearing. We're going to spend a moment to pray now. And I want you to pray with these things in mind. Okay? And focus on the fruit of prayer, which is ability. Pray that you, you increase in ability as a leader, as a person. That you would yield results. In the next couple of weeks, you would yield remarkable results. It's the fruit of prayer. Huh? Are you following? Alright, so 